the freedom to do what I want, when I want, where I want, and how I want. It's how Brie describes her love for being an entrepreneur and a creator. Brie Seely is Google's number one entrepreneur coach, a member of Forbes Coaches Council, and has received multiple awards as a coach and a woman in business. No matter where you are on your journey, you'll enjoy this episode as Brie shares her incredible story of taking uncomfortable leaps, not sure if she'll even be able to pay rent to showing others how to create a sustainable and successful business. So take a deep breath in, let it out, and enjoy this tremendous vibe. All right, so we are here today with Brie Seely, and really quickly, Brie, I would just like to hear it from you. Like, who are you and what are you about? At the end of the day, I really feel myself to be kind of two things. One, a creator, and two, an entrepreneur. I love having the freedom to do what I want, when I want, how I want, where I want. And entrepreneurship is kind of the vehicle that allows me to do that, and then also to flex my creative muscles. And so I specifically help entrepreneurs to kind of bring their futures to life in their businesses. And I do it through custom approaches. And so I get to be creative in my business all day, every day. Like what I tell one client to do, I've never, like I never duplicate things. And so I just get to be in my creativity, in my freedom. And that's, my life, which makes me happy every day. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, everything that that screams to me is a tremendous vibe, which is what this whole podcast is about. So I love that freedom to do what I want, where I want, how I want. And it sounds like giving other people the freedom to do the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why I love entrepreneurship is like, you know, if you're talking to someone in corporate that wants to make more money, there's like very clearly defined systems and processes that they have to go through to make more money. If you're talking to an entrepreneur about making more money, it's like you could make an extra five figures tomorrow if you want it. Like, how are we going to do that? And there's just so much more opportunity and availability for people to create their lives like they want to be living them. And so I, I just love using entrepreneurship as the kind of vehicle for us to get to that freedom, that autonomy, that creating the life that you want to be living. I love that. And I think, you know, to you, to me, it makes a lot of sense. Like that's the vehicle that we would get into. But I feel like there's a lot of other people who try to get into that vehicle and it, it kind of breaks down. They can't even get the key to turn. So I'm kind of curious, like from your perspective, like what's the most kind of common reason that that happens for a lot of people who are trying to hop in that vehicle, if you will? So I think it's kind of two things. One, I think is a mindset. And two, I think is just an action. The mindset piece would be just not believing that it's possible. And what I see a lot is, you know, the society, the culture that we live in, we're raised to believe that we need to have a job to make money. If you want to survive in the world, you need a job, period. So there's a lot of doubts in people around like, okay, I'm really good at this thing, but like, how am I going to make money at it? Or how do you even make money in a business? Or I don't believe that I can make money in a business. Like this job is a sure thing. Entrepreneurship is not a sure thing. And so there's this kind of skewed perspective mindset that a lot of us have instilled in us at a very young age. Whereas I've learned to see, I actually have more ability 
to make money in a business than I have in a job. So I think that's the first thing. I think the second thing that I see with people is that a lot of a lot of people start businesses just without the tools they need, like the literal tangible tools they need to succeed in business, which is part of why I do what I do. Like, I don't want there to be a 75% failure rate for businesses starting up in the world. I think that statistic is atrocious. I want there to be not only a 75% success rate, but why not a 90% success rate in businesses? So things like writing a business plan, having a personal success plan, hiring a mentor who knows what they're doing to literally just teach you the things you need to know rather than wasting time, money, energy, figuring it out and you know, kind of failing forward. So mindset and actions, I think are the two things I see. Okay, so when it comes to mindset, it sounds like a massive up-level in mindset is needed. So from your experience, what have been like the best resources that have helped you once you decided like, yes, it's time to up-level my mindset and, and, you know, make this happen? I love reading. I'm a huge book person. You can't see, but like on either side of my screen are these two huge bookcases. My library is smaller than it used to be because I've made a lot of cross-country moves, but I love books. And, and the thing that I will say about that is I know there's a lot of people out there that read a lot of books and there's a difference between consuming information and applying practices and principles. So I don't just read books for the sake of reading books. I read books very deliberately and very slowly. In fact, I could devour a book in a weekend. Like when I was in elementary school, I was always the person that had the highest count reading pages every single semester quarter because I can read very quickly and digest information. But the kinds of books that you have to read to get your mindset on point aren't ones that you just consume. They're ones where you need to apply things. So like this year, there's a book I started in January this year I'm still not done with it because until I've really digested the shifts that need to happen in one chapter, I don't move on to the next chapter until I've done all of the homework or the soul work that needs to be done within one chapter of a book. I don't move on to the next one. And this to be saying, you know, to I've read tons of books this year, you know, I'm in book clubs, I, I all these things, but there are certain books where you don't want to just devour them. So my invitation to anyone, you know, being like, well, I read all the time and, you know, the mindset shift still hasn't happened. Are you actually applying it or are you just reading these self-help books to say that you're reading these self-help books? Because there's no badge of honor that you get for reading X amount of self-help books. The badge of honor you get is in applying them and in practicing them. Yeah. And I think in my experience, you know, reading has been a big transformational thing for me, but yeah, you get, you get a certain kind of buzz and you want to give yourself points for like, well, I read the book, but you know, it's just information at the end of the day. It's like, what do you do with the information? So I've seen a lot of, you know, in the online space in particular, there is a lot of information out there. So what would you say in terms of like, actually doing something with that information, what, what does it take or what would you recommend to ensure that like you're not just getting information, uh, but you're doing something with it? 
so funny. I had a potential client several years ago and we were on the phone and she's like, you know, you're really expensive. And I was like, okay, like relative to what, right? Like, awesome. That's your opinion. And she's like, I can get advice from anyone for free. And I was like, cool, go get that advice. What are you doing about it? And she was like, well, well, and she got all like flustered and upset about the fact that I was like calling her on her shit. And we ended the call and she turned around and called me the next day and was like, oh, you're right. <laughs> like, I, and I always say to people, I'm like, information or lack of information is not your problem. If information were your problem, you could solve it in a heartbeat with a Google search. Information isn't the problem. It's how you then turn around and implement that information. So for me, the best ways to do this, and I don't say this because I am one, I say this because I'm on the receiving end of this as well and I do it and it works, is hiring someone to help you with that implementation. Because a lot of times we'll read stuff and be like, okay, that's cool for them, but like, that doesn't apply to me. Yes, it does. And sometimes you don't have the perspective to see how it applies or to see how to apply it to your life. And there's kind of a secondary thing that goes along with hiring someone. When you put money down, you become committed in a way that you're not committed when you're just scrolling through Google results. You can take those, you can leave those, it doesn't matter. But when you're putting money on the table and you have skin in the game, all of a sudden you have to show up differently because you're invested in it. So again, I say this because I do this as well. When I started my coaching business, I made a $25,000 investment in a coach that was terrifying, terrifying. And I did it because I knew that that's what I needed to do to show up in the way that I needed to show up to create the results that I wanted. And within a year, I had a six-figure business. And I had been at that point an entrepreneur for eight years already and had not yet hit that mark. And I actually emailed that coach two years ago and said, I just want to let you know, four years later, the work we did together still impacts my life every single day. And I've hired other coaches since then. And the work I've done with them still impacts my life every single day because I was invested in it. I had skin in the game. I was willing to show up differently and become a different person to get the results I wanted rather than passively scrolling through Instagram or Google or whatever. I love that. I love that. So with all of that being said, what do you wish you knew like when you first started out in this like entrepreneur stuff like is it is it just that or is it or is it more than that so i first started out as an entrepreneur in 2007 the coach i hired that i just talked about that i hired happened in 2015 so between 2007 and 2015 i had a fashion label i don't know if you're using this video but you can see my little dress form mannequin hanging out yeah, over my shoulder yeah, yeah. Both my degrees, my undergraduate, my graduate, both in fashion design, I've been sewing since I was five years old. And so I started a fashion label in 2007. And the thing that I would change, that I would do differently is that I didn't take it seriously in that I had a day job. And this is where I talk about being invested, right? Like I had a day job. So I had a six figure income from my day job. I was working next to no hours a week for a six-figure job. I was doing a job that came so easily to me that I just like skated through it 
and it was fine, but I didn't do the work. I wasn't invested in making my business happen because I didn't need to. I didn't need to make money from it. It was just a side thing. And it was a side thing for pretty much like six of the eight years that I was in business. Like I just didn't take it seriously. I wasn't committed. And so that's one of the first things that I tell entrepreneurs is like, you want to start a business? How committed are you? Are you going to sit on the fence for eight years, waffling back and forth between whether or not you're going to do this thing or not? Or are you going to kick that leg over, commit, hire a mentor, put some skin in the game and like actually do the things that you say you want to do. So I wish that I would have committed to my journey much sooner than I did. Yeah. Wow. So with that being said, I listened to your story a little bit on your site. And if I'm understanding correctly, that first time that you went all in and that first time you really committed, it wasn't pretty at first, but the return on investment did start to happen pretty quick. Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh yeah, no, it was in fact, so, so I hired her in April and that, that nine months for me was like a necessary inner journey. Like I had to break down my identity, who I thought I was like, I'm not a fashion designer. I don't know what I am. If I'm not a fashion designer, like who am I in the world? Right. So I had nine months of like undoing work coupled with then like redoing work of like, okay, I'm literally disintegrating this entire structure that I built for the last eight years. So I'm getting rid, I'm doing the excavation work and then I have to rebuild something new. So I hired her in April by December 31st of that year, I didn't have enough money to pay my rent. And so like, it was, it was not a pretty path by any means. Those nine months, I joke, like I've never cried more in my life. Like I was in the fetal position during those nine months more than I was like operating out in the world. And then again, though, I needed that experience of hitting that point where I didn't have any money left. My parents were like, we love you. And no, you need to figure this out for yourself. No one would hire me because I was overqualified for everything. And it literally for me was like a push from the universe being like, get your shit together. You can do this. And the next month that January uh, was my first five figure month. And then within nine months of that was when I crested the six figure mark for the first time. But I had to become a different person. I had to show up differently. Even in that first nine months when I was working with that coach, I wasn't showing up in my business. Again, I didn't have to. I had money saved, like I was fine. I didn't need to. When I actually like then was like, I have to do this. There's, there's no other options for me on the table. I'm not going back to working for someone else. I need to make this work. I figured it out with the help of her to have a very successful coaching business very quickly. Okay. Well, that That's such an incredible, like such an awesome story. And the thing that I'm taking away from that and that I hope, you know, everyone who listens to this is taking away from that is that in order to create a tremendous vibe type of life, you know, chances are if you want to get there faster, you're going to have to make it non-negotiable, like have no other options, but you know, the life that you want to live and have, like you have to figure it out and like kind of just remove all other possibilities. Yeah. I mean, I always look at it like, so say you were dating someone 
and you're dating this person and they're like really committed to you and they want you to be really committed to them. And you're like, yeah, you know, I mean, like maybe like I've got this other thing on the side, like, you know, I just, I, I, I'm not really a hundred percent committed to like, like really putting all into this right now. That relationship wouldn't last. Like, of course that relationship would fail. Of course it would, because you're not committed to it. The other person's committed. They want you to show up. You know, the universe wants you to be committed to your vision and your goals and wants you to show up. But if you're not willing to do that, like, of course, you're not going to have a successful business because you've always got like one foot in and one foot out. So I always like to think about it in like real world terms as well. Like that would never survive. That would never work out for any situation that you were in, in your life. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's so true. I mean, you get what you give in a sense. And if you're wishy-washy and what you're willing to get forward, like you can almost expect to get that back. Yeah. But on the flip side, if you go all the way in and then you put, you know, all your heart in, you know, your, your energy, time, everything you're thinking about into it, like you're going to get so much back. Yep. It just requires some faith. It sounds like. I mean, faith is really, honestly, the thing that has gotten me to where I am in my life. And I would still say too, like, I'm still not there yet with my faith, right? I still have moments of doubt. I still have hesitations and, and moments when I'm, I'm scared about what I'm doing. This week, I did. I just went out for dinner with a girlfriend last night and was like, oh, this is what I've been bumping up against. Like, it doesn't stop when you quote unquote make it. Like there's more things that I want to be creating. So like, of course, then now I still have doubts associated with that forward growth and expansion. But my past self, I always, I always give so much thanks for my past self because she, though young, was very insightful. I got a tattoo that says faith on my rib cage back wow. when I had my fashion business. Cause so it's actually a sewing needle that like looks like it's woven through my skin. And then the thread loops into the word faith and I always forget it's there because it's like kind of on my on my back ribcage area and I, I just watched this beautiful sermon on Sunday night about faith and was reminded I was like oh yeah I literally tattooed faith on my body right like okay yeah I need to get back with the picture again and like like dive back into that faith and like really knowing that the universe almost always asks you to have faith before the proof ever comes. And so mm. that for me this week has been what I've diving, been diving back into is like, right, of course the proof isn't here yet. My faith always comes first. And so this week I've been doubling down on my faith to get to the point where then those results can manifest outside of me. I love that because you literally just gave all of us the key, like literally the key. If you find yourself in a position where you need faith, chances are you are in an incredible position. Yeah. And remembering too, that like the only person that has the key to that is you and you already have it. You don't have to go anywhere to get it. You don't need to find it. You don't need a book. You don't need a, like whatever. It's already there. So it's just about honestly, like getting quiet and finding that part of yourself that's willing to show up and present with that faith. And like, it really is like building a muscle. I keep thinking like, oh yeah, I've got this faith thing on lock. Like I, I got it. I'm an expert in faith. 
And then <laughs> the universe is like, really? Let's try this on for size. And it's just like this constant continuous strengthening of that muscle. Just like when you go to the gym, right? Like right now I'm lifting 10 pound weights, like woohoo. But like in a few weeks, maybe I'll, you know, elevate up to 12 pound weights. And it's the same with your faith. You have to keep increasing that strength so that you can face more and more situations with that faith, you know, without defaulting back into the old, old habits and old ways of thinking and being. I love that. And it's like you said, faith is like a muscle that you build. And in the same way that you build yourself up in the gym, you can build it up faster by like, you know, working smarter in a sense, right? So in the gym, you want to build muscle faster. Perhaps you look at, you know, what's, what's the best way to eat? Who's going to make sure that I'm training the right way for me in the vision that I have for where I want to take my body, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I think you've talked about it once already, but I'm also kind of hearing that not only do you need faith and it's already inside of you, but you, if you want to grow that muscle even faster, there are some things that you can do. Absolutely. It's so funny. There are so many parallels between, and I know you, you used to be in fitness as well. So like there's so many parallels between the fitness journey and the entrepreneur faith, whatever journey. But for me, and again, similarly in the gym, like full disclosure, 37, I just started working out for the first time in my life. I've been very blessed with very good genes where I didn't have to work out and have started working out in the last few months. And the thing that has gotten me more definition in my shoulders, in my biceps, in my, you know, my back is continuing to like, I am committed to going to the gym four times a week. Like that is what I do, period. And so I think really a lot of the faith journey too is like, you don't just get to show up with faith when it's easy. You have to show up to faith consistently every day, especially when it's hard. Like on the days when I don't want to go to the gym, those are the days where I'm like, oh, I really have to go to the gym today. Like, I know that I have to go to the gym, but I don't want to go to the gym, but I'm going to go to the gym because I'm more committed to my results than I am to my excuses. I love that. And that pairs really well with something I always like to, to tell people, right? Where it's like, when it comes to excuses, you know, if you fight for them, you get to keep them forever. Yep. It's so funny though, when you ask someone, cause I had a podcast, I don't know, several years ago now, I think that was like, what are you fighting for? Your excuses or your possibilities? And all these people messaged me, I'm fighting for my possibilities. And there were people I've had conversations with that were like, oh, you can't invest in my business right now because like da 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 Like really? Really? Cause like, it's really difficult. When we are super committed to our excuses, it is really difficult to see within ourselves where we're committed to those excuses. Like oftentimes it takes someone or something outside of you to be like, do you know, do you, like, do you see what you're doing? Like, do you, for me even like, do you see the moments where like you're supposed to be getting up and working out and you're like staying in bed or cuddling on the couch with the cat? Like, do you, do you see how you're fighting for your limitations and how you always talk about how weak your shoulders are and how you like can't do all these things and like you're unwilling to show up for your possibility and like how you could strengthen those things because you're just really committed to telling the story about how weak your shoulders are. Wow, I love that. 
I love that so, so much. Does this officially mean that I can use my gym membership as a tax write-off now? Like, I think I think I just crossed the threshold now where my, my gym membership <laughs> has officially become a business expense. <laughs> Absolutely, it has. And that's what I, you know, I, I tell so many entrepreneur type, especially women that, because I do work with primarily women, is that like, look, as an entrepreneur, like your vehicle is your, is your body, your mind, your soul, like that is your vessel. Like that's, so it's, it's almost like, why would you, you spend a lot of money investing in the brick and mortar, right? But like, you are the same thing. Like you house, like your business, the vision, but like that's here. It's so, so like you have to invest in that. Cause I write off, like I hired a stylist this year and I wrote that off. Like I've been getting, you know, getting my my wardrobe more up to snuff and writing that off. I write off my haircuts and like my glasses and like everything because I am my brand. But it's so funny that it had never occurred to me that I'd be able to write off my gym up until this moment. So thanks, Sid. You just saved me a bunch of money on my taxes. <laughs> yeah. And we're in December now. So if there's any other gym equipment or memberships you need or maybe some new leggings, I mean, it's the month to buy them. I mean, I'm not going to fully admit the fact that I'm like totally already dressed for the gym today and literally just wearing a sweater over my gym workout clothes. This is so speaking of systems for success, right? Like I know that if I'm going to go to the gym at 645 tonight, not only do I have a membership where I have to make an appointment, I get charged if I don't show up to my appointment. I put on the clothes that I need to wear to know that I'm going to the gym at 6.45 tonight. Like I don't leave any room or any error for me to not be invested in the results that I wanna get in my life. Like it's just something that, cause believe me, if I could stay home tonight drinking tea with my cat on my couch, that is what I would choose. But I give, I like, it's like I remove the choice for myself to like, I don't, I don't make decisions anymore. It's just like, this is what we're doing. We don't leave room for error in any of these situations. I love that. Cause in a way, ironically enough, what I'm hearing is you're giving yourself a lot more freedom in a sense. Yes. Someone said to me a few years ago, they're like, you have decision fatigue. Like you make so many decisions every single day that you're just so overwhelmed. And then you can't decide on like what you're going to eat for dinner or this or that. So I've systemized so much of my life down to like, I drink the same tea every single morning at 6am when my alarm clock goes off and it is on auto shipment. I got an email yesterday that was like, your tea shipment's on its way. I'm like, great, cool. Cause I noticed my jar getting a little low. So like, awesome. I'm glad that's coming. Like, you know, it's just removing removing the ability for me to not like to choose my non-success, right? It's just, I have a cat that gets up at 6 a.m. So guess what? That forces me to get up at 6 a.m. and feed her because she won't let me continue sleeping. Like there are just certain things that I do and have set in my life to make sure that I'm living aligned with my vision, my values, my greatness. And I don't let myself, I mean, I do let myself slip, right? Like last Friday night, I did cancel my gym appointment because I just wasn't feeling that great and was like, I just need a night home, right? Like I give myself permission to like relax and like be compassionate with myself. But for the most part, if I want to be great, I know that I need to show up in my greatness. And so I make decisions and set up systems aligned with that, that support me in being great in my life. Yeah. And it, and it makes, you know, your success 
and greatness and just, you know, overall having a, an incredible vibe about you, like inevitable. Yep. It can be so simple. Yeah. Although it's taken me 37 years to get here, but you know, whatever. I st- I'm, st- I'm only a third of the way through my life. I still have two thirds left where I can like practice all these things for the rest of my life. Yeah. I love it. So I want to leave you with one final question. And it's what's the one piece of advice you would give to someone who knows that they want more out of their life right now today? You have to start somewhere. It's really easy to sit back every single day and say, I want more, I want more, I want more, I want more, I want more without actually ever doing anything about it. But if you truly, like if you want your words to match up with the external, you have got to take the first step. Uh, Going back to the car metaphor, one of my favorite parables that I use is that the universe cannot move a parked car. You have to be the one, like you have the keys in your hand, you have to be the one to get in the car, start the car, put it in drive, and then the universe can move you. But if you're just sitting around all day being like, well, I want to do this and I'm thinking about that and da 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 da, like there's, the universe can't do anything with that. So you have to be the one to take the first step and whatever that first step looks like, it could be in your mind, the teeniest, tiniest first step that anyone's ever taken in the history of man, but it doesn't matter because it's a first step. So find a first step, commit to that first step, take that first step. And then as we talked about on your episode with me, continue taking just one step a day is all it takes. And those one step, like day after day after day after day compounds. And all of a sudden you look back and you're like, oh, I just walked a mile. Wow. I love it. Well, thanks so much. I know that like you've just shared so much value for everyone who's going to listen to this. And I just want to say like, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to, to pick your mind a little bit and, and have a conversation around this. I'm really, really grateful. So, so thank you so much. Thank you. This was fantastic. Whew. What a vibe. First of all, I want to say thank you for allowing me to share in a part of your day by listening to this episode. I appreciate you. And if you haven't, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you know someone in your life who would benefit from the messages or the gems in today's episode, I would be forever grateful if you shared it with them today. Wishing you the most tremendous of vibes. My name is Sid Scott, and I will see you next time.